What if you were in Mass on Sunday, last Sunday? It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. You're in Mass, and the priest says, hey, it's Father's Day. We want to honor the fathers. We're going to have some fathers come up and give the sermon. Two dudes get up. They go up to the ambo or the pulpit and they start talking about their marriage together and their children together. This actually happened in Chicago last weekend. We're going to look at that today, talk a little bit about it. Just going to say at the get go, we all know people who identify as same sex attracted. We all do. Today, don't want to judge them. Don't want to say where their soul's going. But I am a Catholic. I'm a traditional Catholic. So I follow the biblical teaching. A lot of people will throw stones at me. So be it. We got to love sinners. Lead them to Jesus. Lead them to repentance. And we have to be consistent when it comes to sexual immorality. I'm not going to go soft on that, be weak. But we do need to look at this. And my main question today is, I want you to think about it with me, is are these blessings, marriages between a man and a man and a girl, a woman and a woman, are they already de, de facto part of modernist dioceses? Is it already kind of done? Did Francis already kind of, with Amoris Laetitia, did he already wrap it up, put a bow on it? It's done. Are you seeing this kind of stuff in the month of June? All right, before I run the video, like I said, I want to give a shout out to all the good dads out there. I uh, spent Father's Day with my, all, my seven kids, my eighth grown up out of the house so we had a wonderful father's day we were fishing for trout we were riding horses we were shooting shotguns and bows and arrows and not only did i have my kids with me i had my dad here's my dad i love my dad you see this right in. boom there we are that's a few days ago my dad's on the far right he's also dr marshall but his phd is in meat science Yes, PhD in meat science. Then there's the next Dr. Marshall that's me in the middle. And then my kid brother. He's a proud father of three children as well. Just had a great time riding horses. My horse, I was riding my horse. His name was Ketchum. He wanted to take a selfie. So there we are. Had a great time. Wife, kids. It was awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about these two, two dads giving the sermon. In a Catholic church on Father's Day. Before we do that, we're going to pray the Our Father in Latin. Oremos nomini patris et filii, spiritus sancti. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in celi sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, secut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum nobis odie, et imite nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimittimus debitoribus nostris, 
et nenos in ducas in tentationem, se libera nos malo. Amen. Nomadi Patris et Fidi, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Okay, well, before we get started, please do me the favor of giving this video the thumbs up, the like. And if you wouldn't mind, be my algorithm, share this video on Facebook or Twitter. And if you're new, I highly encourage you to subscribe. Hit that bell, subscribe. Whenever I go live, which is about three times a week, you'll be notified. And if you are subscribed, you're not getting those notifications, make sure if you're on a phone, whether it's a Android or iPhone, your YouTube notifications are on. That's how it works. Okay, y'all wanna run the sermon clip? I got it queued up. Here we are, this is Old St. Patrick's. Old St. Patrick's is in Chicago. Got this priest. I'm going to kind of play the priest's words so that you can hear what he has to say about the situation before we get in to the two dads talking about their marriage and their family as uh, and their inclusivity as Catholics. Okay, so here we go. All ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, this is the end of the reading. So in the Catholic Church, uh, there's... Well, traditionally, there's a, a first reading that's usually called the Epistle. It's usually one of the apostolic epistles, though it can be Old Testament. And there's a Gospel reading, and at the end of the Gospel reading, the priest or the deacon, usually the priest, gives a homily or a sermon. In this case, this guy's going to break the rules, this priest here. He's going to break the rules, and he's going to have two lay dudes come up. The Gospel of the Lord. As is our tradition here for Father's Day and Mother's Day is to have a father or mother give a gospel reflection on what we have heard. Today we have that same. Today we have Alexis Shingleton. This priest is nervous, I can tell, by the way. Um, real quick, before we get, get in, it, real quick, what do you think the modernist liberal Catholic commentators would say. That priest right there says, as is our tradition, but no, it's not. There's no Catholic tradition on Father's Day to have dads come up and talk. But anyway, what if he said, as is our tradition, we're going to have a father come up. Uh, we're going to have Taylor Marshall. That's right. Dr. Taylor Marshall is coming into the pulpit right now. I'm giving him the next 15 minutes. Can you imagine? Just pick a conservative uh, priest or bishop. Let's say uh, Bishop, uh, bishop Strickland. It's Father's Day, so Taylor Marshall is going to come up and preach. Do you know how much howling and screeching there would be from the modernist Catholics if that happened? Bring up a couple dudes who say they're married. No big deal. All right, let's keep on rolling. Who have been members of Old St. Pat's for 10 years. How's the audio? Let me know in the comments in the live stream. Landon is an, e an ear, no nose, and throat surgeon with Northwestern. And Alex is a professor of biology at U UIC. More importantly, 
They are the proud parents of Ella and Clara. Landon is also a member of the choir, and the girls... So these two men are not just saying that they're married to each other in the Catholic Church. They're also the proud parents of two little girls, according to the father here on the AMBO. Let's keep going. Participate in our partners program. I would like to welcome now Alex and Landon for their reflections. People are asking, oh, here we go, for higher volume. Let me work on it here. Oh, nope, don't do that. Help me out. Good morning. My name is Landon Doika. And I'm Alex Shingleton. This week, Chicago is celebrating Pride, and of course, today is Father's Day, and conveniently, we tick both of those boxes. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody laughs because I'm not so sure about that. Uh, we are the very proud parents of Ella and Clara, who are trying to make themselves look very small right now so you don't see them. <laughs> uh, Ella is 11 and Clara is 6. We've been members of Old St. Pat's for the last 10 years. I have to say, in all honesty, if you had told us as young boys who wasted countless hours of our lives in church trying to pray the gay away, that we someday would be standing in front of all of you in our Catholic church talking about our family on Father's Day, we would never have believed you. Me neither, bro. So with that in mind, if there's anybody watching today who may be in a similar place in their lives, listen closely for the next few minutes because I hope to show you that it gets so much better. And here's the thing is we're already, they're already moralizing the thing, right? I mean, let's just say that you're a, a teenager, male or female, and you have confusion, sexual confusion, questions, identity, you're in a Catholic church on Sunday. Got two dudes telling you it's getting so much better. Listen to our story. Listen to our sermon while the big boy priest there chuckles and smiles. People are saying the volume is low. I got it maxed out everywhere I got it. I apologize. I wish I could go more maxed out. Let me just see if I got any more juice. Nope. I'm on the full max out. So we're just going to have to do what we got. Today we heard uh, the gospel where Jesus fed the masses from five loaves and two fishes. Clearly a miracle, something that is unexplainable, unexpected, and truly marvelous, where something that started small became a huge blessing. Well, our journey to fatherhood has been marked by a series of events that started small but became huge blessings. And while they may not meet the strict definitions of miracles, meaning no one will be gaining sainthood here today, uh, they are unexplainable unexpected and truly marvelous nonetheless so what you're about to hear is how their dating relationship marriage and adoption of two kids are the series of miracles that are akin to the miracles worked by jesus in the gospels that the priest just read everybody got that so far the inventor charles kettering once said Every father should remember that one day his child will follow his example, not his advice. And our fathers definitely led by example 
always putting their family first. We were both raised in very strong Christian households and understand the importance of family, which is why becoming fathers ourselves was never a question. In fact, on our first date, true story, we both admitted that we would want to get married and have children one day if that were a possibility, which is a lot to talk about on a first date. Oh, big boy father thinks that's funny. So yeah, we're going to hear all about their dating life and what their first date was like and how they want to get married and have children, all of which, in their mind, in the Catholic Church, they have achieved. And they're up here letting these people know about it. And look at Father. Can we get a close-up on the Padre here? Just do it. My old mouse had a zoom on it. This one doesn't. I mean, come on. No way. No way. Wish I could make this zoom in and out. Is there like a control? Oh, look at this. Ha ha. Oh, no. Okay, I'm just going to continue. I just wanted to show father's face there. Oh, goodness. Everything here is so cutesy. So cutesy. One thing I want you to consider, this is going to be a little bit controversial. One thing I want you to consider as you watch this is I hear a lot of people say, well, if it's a valid mass, which means the consecration of the body and blood happened, you have to attend. Can't walk out. You got to stay. It is a true, valid Eucharist, so you have to stay no matter what. The the priest could put on a, a clown nose and a hula skirt, and he could skateboard all around, and he could even teach heresy in the sermon, but you have to stay. And my position has always been, if the Mass is dangerous to my faith, my wife's faith, and my kid's faith, you do not have to stay. The priest gets up and says, Our Mother, who art in heaven, I'm grabbing my seven kids. We are entering the pew and we're out. That's why we go to the Latin mass. It's not going to happen. But if that ever did happen, even in the Latin mass, that was valid. And fathers got up and started saying, uh, Mater Noster, our mother, started preaching whack stuff in the sermon. I'd be like, kids, we're out. And I'd probably shout out something on the way out. Throw up some deuces. Peace out. Don't listen to heresy. So, as you're watching this, think if you were here with your kids, five year old or an 18 year old, would you just sit here because it's valid? Or is the Mass, by the way, this could have been a valid Mass. The Russian Orthodox have a valid Mass. I don't go to their liturgies because I'm a Catholic. Let's keep on rolling. Just 2004, marriage was not a possibility for us, let alone parenthood. So he says back in 2004, marriage and parenthood weren't a possibility to them. But now they're super excited because there's a miracle, just like Jesus, that they can be married and they can't have kids. And that's what he's here to preach while Father Big Boy laughs and chuckles. So the first miracle of our story came in 2007 when gay marriage, which was then called civil union, became legal in the United Kingdom, uh, which is where I'm from, 
uh, and something that we never thought was possible. And He's saying this is a miracle. Definition of a, of a miracle is God's super, uh, supernatural intervention in nature. For example, most of us, when we step out on water, we go into the water. But Jesus did a miracle where he walked on water. Supernatural intervention into nature. Multiplying loaves is another. This dude is saying that the legalization of same-sex marriage is a miracle like that. Do you agree? Leave a comment. Marriage was a very small beginning indeed. It was just three people and us in a registry office on the King's Road in London. So fast forward four years, 2011, Alex and I started the adoption process and we're told that it would take several years for us to start a family, in large part because it was not legal for same-sex adoption to be the case in many states, specifically Michigan where we lived at the time. Shortly after completing our requirements, however, the next miracle occurred. We were contacted by an agency in Florida that a birth mother had chosen us. And five days later, five days later, <laughs> we became parents, Daddy and Papa, to Ella, who started off. Daddy and Papa, miracle number two. We might need to get a canonization process rolling. What do you guys think? Leave a comment. Very small and has become a huge blessing. Five years later, another miracle when an adoption agency in Kansas this time, quite third miracle, rang us up to tell us that a young couple in Houston, Texas, were interested in us being parents for their child. And six months after that, Clara was born and made our family complete. The final miracle in our story is here. Old St. Pat. Miracle number four. We've lived in a number of cities. We've had a lot of training and have had to move quite a bit, so we've experienced lots of Catholic churches. Churches where people would not shake our hands during the sign of the peace, where pamphlets on conversion therapy, this is in the suburbs of Chicago, were prominent. One thing that's cool about the traditional Latin mass, there is no passing of the peace. Find a traditional Latin mass. Back to the two dudes. They placed in the lobby. We've sat through masses in the church that I grew up in, where a deacon preached on the sins of gay marriage, and our oldest daughter had to be baptized in a secret ceremony. Even Let me pause that right there. What does that tell you? It tells you that there are secret ceremonies going on. Baptism, by the way, is a public act because it is a public profession. It is the public entry into the church, so you shouldn't ever have any secret baptisms. It's a public thing. This makes me ask the question, are these things going on so often that they're now de facto universal, ubiquitous? You tell me. Leave a comment. Is in the church. Even though we have said the words that we will say here today, every Sunday since we could speak, we were not welcome in our church. But we can handle that. We're grown-ups. However, if I just want to say here that um, when people are struggling with sin, they're always welcome. Always welcome. But I, as a sinner, I am a sinner. 
try to go to confession every two weeks. That's so much sinning Taylor Marshall does. But I can't create my own morality and my own Ten Commandments and then foist that upon a parish or a diocese or the entire church and then when other people don't agree with it, say, I was made unwelcome. You know, trying to think of some kind of a sin here that I was going to, kind of a worldview could I create that'd be really weird. Okay. My wife won't like this. Apologies to joy. Let's say I'm like, you know what? As a Catholic, my conscience says, Muhammad was right. I should get four wives. And every Sunday, me and Sally and whoever, the four ladies were in and out with all the kids and all that. People say, hey, we can't have polygamy in the Catholic Church. One man, one woman. Monogamy. And I say, well, you're making me feel unwelcome. How dare you? I'm going to go find another parish that will accept me and my four wives. Because in my conscience, I can have four. Don't judge me. Don't make me feel unwelcome. Don't say polygamy is wrong in front of my kids. You're going to make them feel bad. Do you see that? You see the problem here? We can't create our own commandments and our own morality. We have to conform our minds and our wills, our hearts, to the revealed will of God. And the revealed will of God is in the Ten Commandments, but also amplified in the teaching and in the life of Jesus Christ, who specifically says, in the beginning, man and woman. When they ask him about divorce, he says, in the beginning, it was Adam and Eve. Doesn't say Adam and Steve, it says Adam and Eve. And there's profound theology. Christ teaches he's the, the bridegroom, the church is the bride. He dies for the bride. She becomes a mother who gives birth to children. This is the Catholic rich theology the church ain't a dude can't have jesus christ the bridegroom married to a dude the whole theology just unravels and you can't have jesus christ married to four women one bride one church one faith one baptism Taylor Marshall doesn't get to create a new morality that other people have to accept. And if they don't accept it, I can't go around whining and being a victim and saying, they made me feel unwelcome. We had to go do our sacraments in secret. Let's keep going. By the way, has Pope Francis made all this possible? Texas children. So that left us with a bit of a conundrum. On the one hand, we believed in the proverb, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. 
And so we wanted to raise our children in the Catholic Church, which was, after all, our church, just as much as it was the church for the people who would not shake our hands or the mean deacon in Texas. Uh-oh, we got a buffering. That's a good place to stop at or pause right now. The mean deacon in Texas? See, this is the problem. I talk to people who are Muslims, who are Jewish, who are Protestants, who are homosexuals. I talk to all these people in real life. Coffee shops, airports, restaurants, public places, even friends, holidays, family events. If you disagree with me and you say Catholicism is a fairy tale, you need to get out of that religion and become whatever. I don't say you're a meanie. You're a mean person. I just say you're wrong. And you want to talk about it? Let's go. Let's go back and forth. We can be friendly. We can be kind. We can be gentlemen. But I'm not going to be like a victim. Be like, you're mean. That mean deacon. No. He was, he was saying what is stated in the catechism. So your problem is not with the mean deacon. It's with the catechism. These guys, these dudes, are only able to do this because of Francis. our children to bigotry and have them feel any shame or intolerance about their family. We almost gave up on church. Almost. But one day, shortly after moving to Chicago, uh, we were la working late on Holy Thursday and looking for a mass somewhere downtown that fit our schedule. And so we stumbled into here. It was another small beginning. It was a gorgeous mass, but what really stood out for, for us most that night was not the service itself. There in the bulletin, we saw an announcement of a gay men's group the very next week. Now, in our experience, these groups were at best love the sinner, hate the sin, and at worst, pray the gay away. But some feeling made us think that this time, it was going to be different. So we invested in a babysitter, and we went along. And Father, Father Hurley was in attendance that night, and we will never forget his words, that while other Catholic churches and their leaders may be tone deaf, Old St. Pat's has figured it out. All are welcome in this place. So here's the thing. Here's, this is so frustrating. All are welcome. What they're saying is, what the men's group is saying is, we have changed the public morality and the theology of Catholicism to conform to your lifestyle. And in your mind, you're saying this church welcomes us. All the churches welcome you. It's just that this particular priest and group is saying rather dishonestly, if I might add, we will change the faith. We will change the morality. It would be just like a priest, going back to the polygamy thing, just like a priest saying, Taylor, you have four wives. We don't want your kids to feel shamed. 
At our church, we believe in polygamy. And honestly, on Father's Day, I want you to get up on Sunday and preach all about your four wives. Because we're not bigots here. That's the rhetoric. Let's keep on going. Oh, by the way, I see people giving the thumbs down. Don't give the thumbs down. Give the thumbs up to my video. Nope, don't get I know you want to give thumbs down on parts of this. All right, here we go. Ten years, no one has proven Father Hurley wrong. This place is special for all of you. We know it. Many of you have traveled for long distances to get here, but we would argue that this place is vital for us. Unlike any other. Let us be honest, there are probably not too many gay dads speaking on Father's Day at many Catholic churches on the planet today. I sang Why are they laughing? Why are they laughing? Because they know it's true. They know this is a special place that has changed the religion. You know, imagine me, another analogy. Imagine if I went to a mosque and started demanding that the imam and the mosque and the people start conforming to whatever I wanted. And if they didn't, they were mean and unwelcoming. Who in their right mind would go to a mosque and start telling them to accept degenerate Western cultural ideas. For example, Muslims don't drink alcohol. Imagine if I went to an a imam in a mosque, and I'm like, man, I just, I just love that single malt scotch. And I say, what? You, Muslims don't drink alcohol. Well, I do. My conscience. And I, if you don't accept alcohol drinking, you're a bigot, you're mean. You're not a real Muslim. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? We follow the Quran. We've been doing this for thousands of years, hundreds of years. I said, I know, but in my soul, my conscience, my understanding of being a Muslim is drinking single malt scotch every night. Like, well, you can't do that and be a Muslim. Well, I'm telling you, you're mean and you're a bigot. And I don't want my kids hearing you preach against alcohol when I drink single malt scotch. Can you imagine? Can you imagine me doing that at a mosque? Demanding a tradition that is 2,000 years old in Catholicism, but then add on to that another 1,000 plus, 2,000 plus, Abraham's about 2,000 BC. Can you imagine? Let's keep on rolling. Something when the people of this faith community hold on we bag it up we lost something here clara was baptized and ella had her first communion right here our children go to sunday school here and every week before easter we heard prayers explicitly against bigotry and homophobia all truly are welcome in this place 
When the people of this faith community read today's gospel, they see that Jesus did not first ask those in attendance that day whom they loved before offering to feed them, before deciding if they were worthy to hear him speak. He ministered to all of them. Here at Old St. Pat's, our vision of radical inclusivity similarly ministers to all without regard to race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or economic background. And as fathers, our love for our children is also unconditional and is not limited by them conforming to what we want them to be. We did not think it was possible to love anything as much as we love Ella and Clara. Today's readings are also about providing, providing not just physical bread, but also the bread of life. Just like all the fathers here, our primary role is to provide for Ella and Clara to provide physically by taking care of their material needs, which are a lot, to provide emotionally through nurturing, support, affection, and serving as an anchor when they, that they can rely on as they grow up into the women that they will become, and to provide spiritually by raising our children in the church. I just want to add here, unfortunate things happen in life. Mothers die. Fathers die. Wars happen, disease comes, accidents happen. Not every child is privileged to be raised by a mother and a father. And even with divorce, to have a mother and a father who are united and love each other. I think we all know biologically that a man and a woman fit together, not just in their anatomy, but in the way they complement each other in raising their offspring, in educating their children. I got to admit, these, these dudes seem nice. I got to admit, though, two young ladies without a mother. Again, not everyone is, mothers die. Not everyone gets to have a mother. But Pap, what they call them, Pappy and Daddy, they will never never be able to provide the maternal warmth that my wife brings to our home or that if you are blessed to have a mother that feminine tender warmth that a mother brings to a home that's the ideal they can talk about how noble they are and how much they provide for a very male idea by the way But there is something else. There is something else. And we should pray. Hopefully, these girls will, will somehow have that influence. As our moral compass and as a source of strength and comfort. And we are doing the same for our children. Fatherhood is challenging enough. But it would have been especially challenging for us in almost any other parish. I would just say again. Fatherhood, what about motherhood? But here in this place, our father has, has been celebrated as a blessing, and we could not be more grateful for that. Believe me when I say this, we are truly, truly honored to be here today. To be able to share our family's story with you and brag about the church that we love. The LGBTQ... By the way, this church that we love is not the universal Catholic Church. It's this particular anomaly 
where they will change Catholicism to cater to you. Honestly, if my pastor was like, oh, Taylor Marshall, what does he want? Let's cater Catholicism to Taylor Marshall. I would be offended. Any religion that's going to cater to me against what it has taught for a thousand years, I would probably presume that's a fake religion. I've already been an Anglican. I was an Anglican priest. Part of the gay rights movement over 50 years ago. Our family is a testament to that. It is done so with the help of allies. Allies are straight people who support their gay brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. And we are going to assume that if you have chosen this faith community, you pass a lot of Catholic churches getting here today, that you are most likely an ally. So, on this Father's Day, during Pride, we pray that if you are ever given the opportunity to stand up for families like ours, that you will do so because our voices are very strong, but they are not nearly loud enough without yours. Thank you so much for having us today. Happy Father's Day and happy Pride. Standing ovation from the priest. Make it 60 seconds. Thank you very much, Alex and Landon. What a most uh, fitting message for us today. But first, before we move on with the rest of... All right. So it's Father's Day. This is one of the questions I had during the, the synod on the family. I'm a family man. Married. have eight kids. I've got a deep interest in all things family. But what I noticed at the synod on family, led and hosted by Pope Francis, is it was all about Alternative structures. A lot of time was spent debating divorce and remarriage with and without annulments. Alternative arrangements like the one we just talked about. Seems that everyone is excited about promoting, not everyone, some clergy are excited about promoting for Father's Day, what we just saw. But, and again, I don't need a pat on the back. I certainly don't do what I do and live my family and do my life because I want some padre to say, way to go, Taylor, I don't care. But it just seems to me that a lot of time is spent and a lot of ink is spilled over the alternative families. Why can't we focus on what Jesus held up 
as true marriage, true family, what St. Paul taught, St. Peter taught. One man, one woman, just as Christ is the groom, the church is the bride, the mass is the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's the wedding supper. You read the book of Revelation, the apocalypse. The whole book, it begins with the ascension of Christ in heaven and ends with Christ's second coming as the groom to meet his bride. The wedding day. The union between Christ and his church. Can't be two dudes, two ladies. Like We can't redo all the theology in 2022 just because it's the month of June. And two dudes have some kids. I was going to read this one also while we're on it. This came out today. I'm reading on LifeSite. Italian cardinal accused of lying about massive Thanksgiving for a same-sex couple. So um, in Bologna, Italy, you ever heard you're full of baloney? That's because in Bologna they had a law school. And if you went off to law school, people said you're full of baloney, which is like lawyer knowledge, lawyerese. Well, in Bologna, two men had a church ceremony with all of their family and friends there. They first got a civil union, and then they went across the street into the church where the priest gave them a mass of thanksgiving. Um, I think it was the same day. The article says, Father Gabriel Davali, a priest of the Bologna Archdiocese, celebrated a mass of thanksgiving for a same-sex couple, Pietro Moratti and Giacomo Spagnoli, who had just obtained a civil union license the same day. Okay, same day. According to Daily Compass, the Mass intentionally included all the typical paraphernalia of weddings. So it was intended to be a wedding, though they didn't actually use the word. This made the headlines, became a big deal, and the Cardinal of the Archdiocese, who is Cardinal... I think it's Zuppi. I'm going to go with that because I'm pretty... Yeah, it's Cardinal Zuppi. Um, issued a statement saying, no, no, there was no uh, same-sex wedding in the church, but it had all the trappings, all the paraphernalia, to use the, the translation there. And then, of course, we have the same thing happening in Germany where you had hundreds, hundreds of unions blessed by priests in the churches. So the question is, is this de facto? Is this, is this the deal right now? This is de facto allowed in the Catholic Church? It's puzzling for me. You know, when I became a Catholic, how many years ago was that? Came in in 2006, so 16 years ago. Did I do that right? Yeah. When I became a Catholic 16 years ago, I had been an Anglican priest, minister, clergyman. And at that time, the Episcopal Church was generally majority pro-homosexual um, mar marriage. In fact, I think it was either, I think it was shortly before I was ordained in the Episcopal Church, we had our first 
um, openly homosexual bishop in the Episcopal Church. Now, I came from a more conservative diocese, and we were personally opposed to it for biblical reasons, but you know, we didn't have any magisterial documents. We didn't have any encyclicals or a catechism of the Catholic Church to appeal to. We just said, well, the Bible you know, seems to not be against that. It's one man, one woman. But one of the reasons I became a Catholic is I was like, you know, I need a rock. I can't just say, well, this is my, I'm in this church that disagrees with me. I'm personally not in favor of it, but the mainstream denomination is in favor of it. So there's this kind of disconnect. And that's one of the reasons, many reasons, that I began to study Catholicism, learn about Catholicism, and eventually renounced my orders in the Episcopal Church and became a Catholic layman. But I am, I'm, I am scratching my increasingly gray beard, looking at all these things happen, and it sure looks and sounds a lot like the old Episcopal Church. Pope Francis especially sounds a lot like the leadership in the Episcopal Church. Concerns me. Yes, I know personally, I say, find a traditional Latin Mass. Pray the rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. Get out your good Father Lassance missile. Teach your kids the traditional catechism. I still stand by all that. But more and more, I'm pondering, how do we account for not just this one parish, Old St. Patrick's in Chicago, but the man we call Pope, Pope Francis, doing the same kind of thing. What's the answer? Trying to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know. In the meantime, we have to nurture our faith. We have to avoid confusion. I think we need to hold on to the to the tradition that's been passed down decade after decade since A.D. 33. Teach our kids that faith. But we're definitely in a crisis. I mean, my book, Infiltration, highly encourage you to read it. I'll send you a signed copy if you become a Patreon at certain levels. Not everybody, I don't, I don't know. I gotta look at the levels. Infiltration is my attempt to understand how all this happened. I understand how it happened. I trace out a 200-year process of how we got to where we are today. My question is, is how do we get out of it? Where do we go from here? It seems like in the USCCB and the new cardinals that were just chosen by Francis and Francis himself, that Catholicism can be what you want it to be. That's not what I signed up for when I became a Catholic. I, when I became a Catholic, I was looking for dogma, dogmatic certainty of what is true and what is false. For example, Catholicism teaches you can't have four wives or three wives or two wives. You get one wife, and it's till death do you part. You can't change that. Catholicism teaches that the sacrament of matrimony is only valid when there is a male, a baptized male and a baptized female who give consent 
and intend to enter into holy matrimony. That's what the Catholic Church teaches. Two dudes can't get into the pulpit, walk up on the ambo, and preach something that changes that. Feel me? You agree with me? Give me a thumbs up. Give me a like. Let's get those likes up. What do we got? We got 939 likes. Let's get those up to 1,000. And this doesn't mean, for example, I think Muhammad is a false prophet and a deceiver. That doesn't mean that I'm afraid of or I hate Muslims. I've been friends with many Muslims over my life. They ask me, what do you think of my religion? I say, mm, we need to talk about that. Muhammad, not a real prophet. Let's start off with that. That doesn't mean that I'm afraid of them or I hate them or I'm a mean person. Same thing with Jewish people, I know. If Ben Shapiro said, what do you think, Taylor? Do I need Jesus to go to heaven? I'd say, Ben, you need Jesus to go to heaven. We all need you. Everybody needs Jesus to go to heaven. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So yes, Ben Shapiro, you need Jesus Christ. Well, what if I just, Ben says, what if I just follow all 613 of the laws? I'd say, well, how are you doing on that? You need to be perfect in the law. If you fail in the law, you need blood atonement. You need a lamb of God, a Passover lamb to die for your sins. Where is that? That's Jesus. That's why you need Jesus. He's the Passover lamb. The lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He takes away the sins of Gentiles. He takes away the sins of Jews. Everybody needs Jesus. I think Ben Shapiro is a smart guy. He's not going to say, Gee, Taylor, you're mean. You're a bigot. You hate me. No. We could go on all day. I could bring up every lifestyle, every philosophy, every religion. I can hang out with you. I can talk with you. I can be your friend. But when it comes to what is the truth about God? What is the truth about Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you what it is. Say it in a gentle way, in a loving way, but in a firm and a clear way. That's just how we do it. Hey, good job on the likes. Went from 900 something to 11. Good job. Thanks for the likes. Y'all are awesome. Love y'all. So leave a comment. Let me know. You agree or disagree. I don't hate these dudes. I'm not afraid of these dudes. I don't dislike these dudes. I just think, unfortunately, they took their worldview and their morality and they pushed it on a local community during a sermon, which is not allowed, by the way. And that's unfair to the rest of Catholics. Unfair to our tradition. Unfair to our scripture. If you want to have that, create your own religion. Don't require all of us to change our religion. You go, you go make your own religion, right? But don't come in here and say, well, this is now Catholicism. They even kind of hinted at that. They're like, maybe out there, but in this community, well, yeah. You want to create your own Quaker community or your Presbyterian community, whatever you want to do, you do that. But you can't come and say, 
hey, 2,000 years, that's been all wrong. Listen up. We two dads, we got the new thing. Mm -mm. Can't do that. Let's just be fair. It's not bigotry. It's not hate. It's not any of that. It's just reality. You can't come in, like I said, and be a Muslim and say, I want the entire uh, mosque here and everyone in it and the imam to start teaching that drinking single malt, malt scotch is legit and good. You can go create your own religion and do that. But you can't come and force everyone else to change theirs. And literally, you know, like, I'm not preaching at you. They literally are preaching at us. Literally, from the pulpit, in a church. So yes, I'm seeing people love the sinner, hate the sin. Obviously. Obviously. These guys, I mean, they seem reasonable. Nice. Pray for them. Pray for their, pray for the little girls. It's a tough situation. The hard thing is, is that when it comes to all these movements, especially during the month of June, they want to pressure and force us to change our beliefs and our values. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's the show. Thanks for watching. If you like this video, give it a thumb up. Share it on Facebook. Please subscribe. If you want to support the channel, I always appreciate that as well. Make sure you're praying the rosary every single day. If you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. To all the Catholic fathers who are the spiritual leaders of their home, that's another thing. In Catholicism, the dad is a spiritual leader. The mom backs up the dad the kids if you got two dads who's a spiritual leader it's like stereo i don't know pray the rosary every day dads lead your family in praying the rosary your wife is not the spiritual leader you are you may be doing a bad job and she has to pick up the slack but you need to be catechizing the kids praying with the kids blessing the kids Praying the rosary with the kids. All right. Like I said, find a traditional Latin mass. Find traditional communities, traditional priests. I mean, can you imagine that priest hearing the confession of your kids? I would be concerned. All right. Let's say the Hail Mary. We'll do the Ave Maria. And uh, I think we should earnestly and honestly and lovingly pray for all people in these situations. Kids, the adoptive parents, people who have same-sex attraction, want to, or all the other stuff going on, the, the L's and the B's and the M's and the T's and the Q's and all this stuff. Let's pray for everybody. God wants us to live in accord with his will, natural law, and his revealed one religion, one true religion, Catholic Christianity. All right, so let's pray for all of them. Oremos, nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. 
benedicta tuum morieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pranobis peccatoribus, nunc editor mortis nostre. Amen. Nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Moreover, let's pray for a Pope who can give us some straight teaching, orthodox teaching, clarity instead of all the confusion, all the madness. Thanks for watching. Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ says you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. Happy Father's Day week to you all.